Hello and welcome to Fitness Unfiltered, featuring today. That was bad. No, it was not bad. It it's was quite too good. angry. It's too angry. I can't do it without being. I can only do angry or Mrs. Doubtfire. It, there's no in between. Do Mrs. Doubtfire. I prefer that. Hello and welcome to <laughs> Fitness Unfiltered. <laughs> That's that was excellent. Okay, thank you. Well, anyway, this is Fitness Unfiltered. We are here with my co-hosts Dan and Emma, and we are very excited to because today we have as a very special guest the fitness chef, who actually has a name as well, which is Graham Tomlinson. But you will know him as the fitness chef because everybody has seen his infographics on Instagram, even if they don't follow him. I guarantee you, you will have had his infographics shared on your page by me or by many other people. Um, and so without further ado, oh no, with further ado, because I'm going to ask Dan and Emma how they are first, because it's customary. Dan, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Emma, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And Graham at The Fitness Chef, how are you? Um, somewhat okay, thanks. Oh, so right. he's done that it's on okay. purpose. He's I like that. Rebellion. Very off, bar- very off brand. <laughs> I think. I think what you mean is you're fine. Is that right, Graham? I think so. Yeah, I just yeah. got my words muddled. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That's understandable. It's, it must be very nerve wracking for you to be on the yeah, podcast with, with. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So, Graham, tell us about yourself. We know, but some people might not. Who is the fitness chef? So the fitness chef is um, obviously my alias on social media, which I created must be about four years ago now, actually. Um, And the reason I created that handle was because the reason chef is in there is because all I was doing was posting recipe pictures um, that were terrible, (laughs) that didn't get much engagement. And I thought that that's what you had to do on social media, that sort of content, or post a picture of your torso or something like that. Um, so that's where that name came from, and I can't really change it now. It's a bit you're, not, you're not actually a chef? I'm not a chef, no. I mean, oh, my goodness. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so, yeah, basically, I had that for about four years, and I've been a personal trainer for five years. Um just a level three personal training certificate, don't have a d- degree in nutrition, um, anything like obviously what you have my ear doctor. And yeah, so about two years ago, I started posting graphics instead of crap posts. Um, <laughs> because there were, I was looking on, on Instagram in particular and seeing a lot of crap, really. And I just wanted to make it as simple as possible. And I'd actually seen a lot of other people do graphics before I started. I thought that's a great way to communicate a really simple message in a visual way. Um, and it turned out that, yeah, people started getting quite a lot of value from them. And it just grew and grew and grew. And then, yeah, basically been doing that for the last two years alongside um, personal training still and trying to develop an online business as well to try and help people. Start. Where do you personal train out of? So you know Aberdeen well? Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually a, pri- a private room that I hire um, at the, one of the cricket clubs. So I don't know if you've ever been to Aberdeenshire Cricket Club before. It's quite well. No, like, I have not. <laughs> if you don't, then you'll never, never have heard of it. Uh, so just there. 
So it's been oh, quite good. I've been been there for like four and a half years, and it's just my place that I that oh, I awesome. and just have my kit in there and just have one on one sessions with people. So um, it's not working out of a gym. There's no stress of having to wait for equipment or anything like that. So yeah, quite good. And so, do you think that like that desire to spread the information came from a frustration of the kind of information that was already out there? Yeah, I would say so. And what what kind of information was that? What are the what were the sort of things that were frustrating you at that time? Well, there's cer- certain individuals on Instagram who are quite large followings who are 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 putting out posts that are simply inaccurate, or they're trying to make up. They're trying to fill in the gaps themselves from stuff that is quite nuanced. Mm-hmm. For example, we could be speaking about a real out of name names here. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mr. Hyman. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, and, you know, the likes of Mr. Berg and people like that who are just. I don't obsessed. know who that is. It's fine. You can mention whoever. No, me neither. Well, yeah, the guy. Um, actually, I'm not going to mention that. But yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hyman, as we know, is obsessed with insulin, mm-hmm. isn't he? Mm-hmm. And refuses to kind of accept energy balance as the defining factor of, of body weight, which I think is fairly universally known mm-hmm. now. And obviously, insulin plays a role in it. Um, and you just think that these kind of individuals are trying to... I, I genuinely don't know if they're doing it out of malice or whether it's just a, 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 a money thing or whether it's just to sensationalize something but when they're trying to fill in the gaps with their own stuff that they've just made up like insulin tricks your brain into thinking it's eating sugar and therefore you will have eaten calories essentially and you could gain weight stuff like that we're starting to those kind of things are funny and i think they stick around for so long because there's a grain of truth in it as in you know insulin Mm. does have these effects on the body and it is a fat storage promoting hormone but only in the presence of calories that like you can't store calories that aren't there even if you spike insulin all day exactly and that's the thing it sounds good as well doesn't it can you, like, yeah, yeah yeah you can get mega sciencey in it did you know this and i'd be like well oh, that sounds pretty interesting i'll believe that <laughs> but yeah, not that's getting quite specific but just general general things like you know low carb or starvation yeah. all the all the myths if you look at my yeah. content very basic like i don't really go into the detail that that you guys might go into with specific things it's all all the kind of myths that everybody's heard of yeah and and trying to just tackle them and and come at them from a different angle and so like i'm I'm quite interested in this because one thing that you very specifically mentioned was that you um you're not a um, trained nutritionist you don't have a degree in nutrition or anything like that so what do you think stopped you from falling for those same myths and from filling in the gaps in the same way that these other people did? Because the people that you're describing are people who do have like, uh, you know, backgrounds in these professions and all of that kind of stuff or do have some training in it. So what what how did you like how do you navigate that landscape if you don't have that sort of science background? That's a great question. Like, Who am I to say all this stuff? But. I think that wasn't my question, by the way. That sounded like a much more aggressive version. I, no, I see myself as more of a like a communicator as opposed to a researcher. Uh-huh. But obviously, before I communicate a message, I'll try. I'll make sure that the everything is rock solid with it. So, yeah. mm. um, for example, you just have to go on to PubMed to have a look at various meta analysis or systematic okay. reviews, and I'll admit that I will even just scroll down to the 
result or <gasps> no, I'm joking I don't think I've ever done anything other than just scroll down to the result yeah <laughs> because a lot of the stuff in the middle I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand some of the equations and things like that yeah but for the content that I produce which is just basic stuff mm -hmm. um, I don't need to know how it got to a certain result um, as long as there's you know it's not a biased um, yeah. view or anything like that yeah, but yeah I, I, it's absolutely crazy to think sometimes that with the followers I have on Instagram that I'm just essentially, the only qualification I have is personal training and it says a lot I think for the, the level that people have got to in terms of forgetting the very basics and the stuff that people should have known all along that someone like me can come along mm. without uh, being a dietitian or a doctor or anything like that and gain people's trust to, to convey information yeah i'd agree with that and i think it is i think it's really important because something that we've touched on quite a lot in the podcast is people being scared to talk about things because they're they're worried that they're not qualified enough to speak about them when in reality a lot of the people that are qualified enough to speak to them are still only expressing their opinions and still kind of carrying forward some bias so i think it is it's it does it does speak volumes i mean like it's like i i I had assumed that you that you had a science background because I know that you a lot of the stuff that or well all of the stuff that you post is based in evidence. Um, it is, yeah. yeah. But if you if you look at a lot of the stuff I post, the niche that I've kind of honed in on is is basically weight loss or weight gain or, or looking at that equation in lots of different ways. For example, a lot of my posts might just be calorie comparisons or calorie lists because I know for me I'm trying to help people lose weight that want mm. to lose or yeah. just standable process and, and arguably that is the most important factor for most people and probably the most disempowering thing they've faced up to date before perhaps coming across your information is that calories don't count when we all know they do count because what i'm a big fan of actually is I, I know you're not a fan of clean eating at all but the term clean eating so we've often discussed language is important but also it's it's terminology we all understand. So when our clients communicate with us, they talk about, oh, I eat quite clean. We know what they're talking about. But how, I guess I'd like to get your your views on how being aware of that terminology and how how important language is, do we, do we convey that message whilst they still understand, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, so you're kind of looking to find the difference between what clean eating is and the actual what those foods are for example yeah yeah why they why they term them clean and that but perhaps it's not a moralizing thing there is no superior you know avocado isn't superior calorie to calorie to you know whatever it is as equivalent chocolate for example yeah i mean i don't think the term clean eating came around well i might be wrong but before the age of social media and the age of sensationalizing wellness profit so <laughs> Either, you know, we've seen the, the profiles out there that have the recipes and stuff like this super food here or clean food here. Um, and I think ultimately, if, ever, if someone wants to have an optimal diet, yes, they should primarily be focusing on whole foods the entire, not the entire time, but most of the time. I think we can agree on that, you know, in terms of calorie control and acquiring nutrients. Um, but the problem comes when people can get a little bit obsessive over it. So the idea of something being clean means that something, something that doesn't fit into that category, AKA a Mars bar or a McDonald's must be mm -hmm. dirt. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, so it's kind of, 
so you can see how someone might get a, quite a warped view of how food actually works and they may get a little bit obsessive and could gear towards only eating clean foods. Of course, if that individual only wants to do that anyway, that's fine. Um, but you can see how there could be problems. Um, I, I think one of the tweets that I used to do is that we know that a salad is nutritious, but you know you, sh you shouldn't beat yourself up if you just want a Mars bar and you shouldn't be made to feel guilty for it if you just want it once in a while, as long as you understand what's in it. I don't know if that's a good question. Yeah, no, no, no that, that does. And I think if anything, as you said, anything falls outside of those, you know, those clean boundaries, to put air quotations in it, it tends to be people don't don't think about it from a calorie point of view and that therefore they, they don't eat that stuff or, you know, they develop unhealthy relationships there. So, yeah. So when you um, kind of decided that you were going to start myth busting and that you were going to, like, counteract these these big accounts you sort of mentioned specifically that it was based on a few kind of very large people with large presences were you like i can do that i'm gonna i'm gonna get half a million followers on instagram and and start telling them what's what no i think if you go back to the first few graphics in fact jesus the first graphic i ever did was um it just had words on it terrible font dreadful should maybe show it to you if i can find it but it was how to lose weight question mark Number one, calorie deficit. Number two, calorie deficit. Number three, calorie deficit. <laughs> and that was it. So it obviously got a little bit better and more more information was conveyed from there. But no, I am... Um... If you think that your old graphics are embarrassing, try looking back if you've ever done videos. Uh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, I did a few on YouTube a couple of years ago. No, maybe like four years ago. So bad. Trying, oh. trying to do the whole like hand thing, like fitness people do I was trying to do it just didn't work for me um <laughs> so to get back to your question yeah I didn't I had no idea I would end up with this following I mean it took me a few months of, of doing the graphics to work out that including food in the images and comparing food was the thing that people really related to because everybody eats food obviously um so that helped comparing different foods and doing like lists of foods, perceptive things like people perceive this to be automatically healthy no matter what, but actually look at the calorie content, look at the fiber um, compared to something that's supposed to be unhealthy and it's actually got as much fiber, it's got a few nutrients in there and it's less calorie, you know, things like that. People, it's almost like eye openers. And that's I think one of my favorite ones that you do is like portion sizes of fats mm. mainly. So like one peanut butter on toast compared to another peanut butter on toast or one avocado on toast compared to another and by the eye they look almost exactly the same and if you're self-reporting as a client you'd be like this is what i had for breakfast and your pt would be like yeah that's fine like seems like a good breakfast breakfast and then when you realize how much extra calories that can add on that's a huge eye-opener mm. yeah that uh, i think that post did a few of them but one of the the best one it was like eyeballing calories and it had common things that you would for example chuck on toast like avocado or cheese you know you don't if you don't measure it out yeah it looks the same but actually it's like double or triple yeah exactly and over time it can add up and you're emma you're, you're spot on that's um doesn't take anyone with any degree or anything to post that it's mm. just common, common sense really. and and quite the opposite and we we've talked previously about this as well but it it like i 
in the last few years we've had a lot of people on social media talking about the calorie deficit and you know giving that message and hammering it home to the point where certainly the four of us are like we know that you know that's not necessarily new information it is still really new information to a lot of people and especially like when I think back to when I first started seeing your post and started seeing things like that I was very much in that space where I thought it was healthy to eat um, you know some eggs and some other stuff for breakfast but if you if you put a slice of toast underneath the egg that made it unhealthy and that wasn't okay um, and that's that's me speaking as a doctor as an educated person as someone who has a science background I still had believed what I'd been told about those things so I think it's really easy now that now that we've learned those things it's really easy to forget that there are a lot of people who who haven't learned those things and this information while it might not be brand new to us it still is having a massive impact on people and actually what you were talking before about moralizing foods and demonizing foods that you know it really is true and when people believe that they are failing at their diet because they had some eggs on toast instead of having some eggs with loads of coconut oil then you know it's really disempowering and the psychology of feeling like you're getting everything wrong all the time is awful especially when you're you're miserable because you're just eating rivita um and you're miserable because you're failing at just eating rivita it is this this genuine circle of sadness Whereas introducing those sorts of foods and empowering people to eat those sorts of foods does actually have a huge impact. And and I would argue like one of probably the biggest impacts that we can have on people is, is especially if we want to try and help people become healthier, is to actually help them figure out what healthy is and what it means on all levels, not just, um, you know, not just this kind of idea of moral value when it comes to food. <clears throat> Yeah, that that seems. Oh, sorry, on you, Emma, you were going to say something. No, sorry, I just I was just going to say I think you give yourself a bit of a disjustice by sort of saying, "Oh no, I've not got this yeah, degree. I've exactly. not got this and this." And actually, what people need is that the kind of like science communication or practical application of these things. And I don't think I know that Mike was saying that we think everyone's heard about calorie deficits, but they haven't. I think a lot of people have now, and even if they don't call it calorie deficit, it's if you ask anyone even if you ask a child like how do you lose weight oh you move more and eat less like that's sort of known but it's how to put that in like real life situations and apply it to yeah, real exactly. life which you're really good at and i think the problem with people who are maybe more educated in the field or whatever they try to overcomplicate things and i'm i'm probably guilty of that but it's not because i'm trying to overcomplicate it it's because i'm an, a, a real geek and i enjoy like all the nuances of it even though i know that you know i might go into big details about insulin resistance and things and then on a practical level to a client i'd be like well yeah we just need to you know need to cut some calories somehow and that's going to be more behavioral than it is going to be from a science base like the science of fat loss is really quite simple but the application of that and the behaviors around it and and getting someone to actually do it that's where the magic is and that's what's really hard and that's what you're showing that you're really good at communicating it, which is what we need yeah. it's not someone who's going to make it overcomplicated it's much more important to have an understanding of that behavior and how to communicate it in the context of correct information than it is to have loads of knowledge of correct information but not be useful in in communicating well yeah and i see that a lot with people who are are like really really educated maybe but 
do you work with any clients? No. How Or how many people, real people, have you helped to lose weight? It doesn't really matter what it says on paper or in the lab if you can't then apply it yeah. to a real person. Yeah, but pe- people want tools. They want pragmatic advice, stuff they can apply. And I think, you know, just echoing what the others said, uh, Graham, you you translate that really well that you know as you said like people do know on some degree okay eat a little less do a little bit more but they need information on how to do that and that's what your infographics are brilliant yeah thanks very much my ego has been increased <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah you, you know we all know you don't have to be a statistician um and just because you can read data as emma said doesn't make, make you an expert in helping people and, and that's the crux of it it's actually you know getting the people that need the help the help exactly Pro- providing them with the information that they can understand to then to then make the changes and yeah. i think it's, it's as much about empowering somebody to be informed enough to make their own decisions for the rest of their life rather than just kind of inflicting information on people and i think that's where a lot of people maybe go wrong they kind of see some captions and it's like them barking at their clients like don't eat this or don't do this or did you know how many calories are in this? This is shocking or something like yeah. that. It's very kind of just talking at people whereas it's, you're almost, you want to be on their side in a way and, and that, a lot of my posts I'm kind of almost trying to be on their side and trying to be understanding but personally I've never been overweight and so that's something that I can't relate to in terms of the psychology of it but I try as best as I can Um to kind of empathize with that and put myself in their shoes because it's obviously a massive change in behaviors and habits over a period of time that is never ever going to be easy and like you're saying there Emma, a lot of people say all you need is a calorie deficit we, we know that but the, the application of it for some people is going to be incredibly difficult over a period of time that needs to be appreciated and also the the content i think a few times i've tried more sort of sciencey stuff i think i did there was a i can't remember who did it maybe a meta-analysis between low carb and low fat diets a few months ago and obviously there was no difference in fact they found greater fat loss with the low fat diet i think but it was negligible um, i can't remember who did that but i posted it and it just went dreadfully because people were probably just like what What's this? <laughs> He's off brand. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do, I tried to do it in images well and just didn't. didn't. <laughs> it is interesting though, because I think you'll sort of like all of my clients enjoy the science stuff, but that's because that's what I put out, and I find that they they find that it's empowering to understand why they're doing stuff and why they're finding things hard. So, for example, someone who's always been overweight might be genetically predisposed to being overweight, but why they are and actually what they can do about that and that it's not it's not like they're they're always going to be overweight because they've got quote-unquote bad genetics it's that actually they might find it harder and these are the things they might find harder and this is how i'm going to support you to get there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah interesting and i think you don't have to have experienced something to be empathetic or empathic or whatever the word is you you just need to have that empathy in you and I think you know we we don't expect I find that quite an interesting one because we often there's a there's often a lot of controversy about health professionals 
engaging in unhealthy behaviors things like you know doctors who who drink or smoke or who are overweight and there's often arguments about whether that's appropriate and often think well you know you you don't judge your dentist on their teeth or you don't judge your um hairdresser on their hair well you might actually but um, but you do judge your personal trainer on how they look yeah it's it's interesting like there's there's some places where sort of people do seem to do that some places where they don't when really what you want and actually I would judge if I went into the dentist and they had like no teeth. <laughs> I'd be a bit like my dentist growing up had horrendous teeth. Yeah, but then isn't isn't that a reflection on their dentist, not necessarily on them? Because then actually yeah, maybe no, there's exactly. a best it, dentist it, to go through. It's completely like sort of like genetic how your teeth come out and stuff. It's probably not their fault at all. But you would <laughs> you would think twice, wouldn't you? And if you went into the hairdresser and they had like. Okay, Emma. Really bad thanks, hair. thanks for ruining my whole point. That's fine. <laughs> if, if you went to a hairdresser and they had hair which wasn't even supposed to be looking weird, it was just crap. You would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go with them. Yeah. Right. I think of some. Okay, fine. If you had a, um, <laughs> if you had an accountant that was bankrupt, who was, <laughs> who didn't have loads of money. Huh. How about that? Mm. Many might. Yeah, no, I wouldn't well, mind if they didn't have loads yeah, of money, I but suppose... I would find it a bit suspect. Yeah, I mean, if he was getting fine. investigated for topic. fraud, that that would <laughs> be right, a fine. yeah. Sorry, an accountant that was going to court for something, then yeah. But then, yeah. but then they would have more experience, so actually they can be more. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I was. My next question was just going to be like we often have spoken th- about things like the anti-diet message and, and all of that kind of stuff and there does seem to have been a, a big sort of swing towards a lot more anti-diet messages and a lot more talking about how diets don't work and uh, people you know suggesting that people avoid weight loss plans and things like that how have those sorts of messages impact on your message and how you deliver or communicate it have you do you think anything's changed from that point in in you i don't think so to be honest i think it's um it's a very strange the anti-diet movement itself has got like a different quite a lot sort of quite a large spectrum i think from one side to the other and that some people recognize that you know the idea that everybody needs to to diet is not going to be great for some people's mental health but yet for others you know so those people are just quite extreme i think Mm -hmm. yeah for example we have that australian girl um who started claiming that calorie deficits don't work and yeah okay for some people they might not work but that's because they're not adhering to a calorie deficit it's Mm -hmm. not because a calorie deficit doesn't work for example like miscommunications of the, the the stuff um but I see it from both sides. I, th- I think it's, it's a difficult one. I feel like the lit- the litmus test is if you start writing in your post and referring it to as deliberate weight loss, I feel that's the litmus test. If you change the terminology of your regular style and how you deliver it, that's when you are super conscious of that movement, that sort of thing. But then you become less... Um relevant to your audience like you're trying to impress or not even trying to impress you're trying to not aggravate this like anti-diet movement people on instagram who have a load of followers and might like attack your post or whatever but at the same time you become like you're not speaking to your own audience and they're like what do you mean deliberate wait like what it just kind of it doesn't sit well and it does you know they're at a stage what were we talking about before clean eating even then like so, you know if a client's like oh i've been eating clean some some clients are totally fine with that terminology. They don't mean 
I can't eat anything that's not quote unquote clean. They just mean I've been cutting out chocolate a little bit and not drinking as much. Yeah, and it's meeting someone where they are and using appropriate language instead of trying to like impress your peers with... I know. I think a lot of people who do attack anything about it with the anti-diet movement, it's more the language that they're attacking. For example, using the word obese is seen as insulting. But at the moment, it's a clinical term to, you know, you can see the difference between someone who's overweight or obese or etc. But I think that it's the the idea that those who are on board the anti-diet movement and don't like are obviously, it's a strange one because they probably don't want to lose weight. (laughs) Sorry, I apologise. That's me getting my charger out. (laughs) Um, That was such a weird sound. Sorry, sorry, Graham. No, no worries. Um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought there. They, uh, they probably you were talking about. Sorry, go on. But as well, like in terms of like, what diet are they talking about? Because yeah. there's so many different diets out there. They just, but then when they lump in somebody who just wants to reduce the calorie intake, does that is that the same as like a juice diet to them? Mm. You know, I think we need to actually just differentiate well i actually do think a lot of them it's sort of like any diet do you know like what? weight loss should never be the goal i had i almost i had this thinking the other day because actually i had a conversation with somebody who was who was anti-diet and i so i do think i i do i have modified my language a little bit when i talk about it and i think i'm not doing that necessarily to appease people or to to impress anyone but in a sort of sense that I, you don't always know who's listening and I don't want, I don't like upsetting people. So if I can just slightly modify my language a little bit, then I don't really mind doing that as long as I'm still delivering the message that, that I want to deliver. But um, I had a conversation with somebody and, and I said, oh, and look, I know, you know, you, you'll disagree with, with the fact that I am, you know, trying to limit my calories in order to lose weight at the moment. And they were like, oh, no, I, I, I don't object to that. Because when I talk about diets, I'm talking about you know, being overly restrictive, but you're not being overly restrictive. You are working, you know, you're, you're dieting flexibly and you're allowing your have, yourself to have things and you're not, you know, going to bed starving because you you think that you have to have a certain amount of calories and all of this kind of stuff. So like, it was it was just really interesting to me because I had actually spent the preceding um, few weeks, start, it's, it's been starting to niggle at me a lot because I see a lot of those sorts of messages and I've, I had been starting to get quite frustrated by them by thinking, well, like, you know, st- stop telling people that dieting is really bad for you because then people aren't going to try and make changes if they want to make healthy changes. But and I think if you have, you have two different people, one person never goes on a diet in their life happy enough to just you know, whatever weight they are, and they are happy, mm-hmm. you know, and they may even be healthy as well. And then you have another individual who is overweight and unhappy. And for someone to say to them, you should never go on a diet when actually they could go on some sort of diet that they enjoy. And the results of that diet could improve aspects of their life. You know, it's like two different things. And yeah, it's, I it's, agree. It seems like a, the movement, to be honest, there's lots of things that I like in it. Um, but it's the idea that all diets don't work or yeah. don't on any diet that I think is just a little bit irresponsible. It's just, there's, I think there's helpful, helpful discussions to be had on both ends. It is just because we are naturally exposed to the extremists almost. 
because it's down to personal choice, isn't it? And what we do as, as sorry, Em, as um, I find sometimes fitness professionals is we make an assumption on what our goals and our clients are that everyone else has the same goals as well, which, you know, we're responsible for what we put out there, bearing in mind our audience, but we can't be responsible for how everyone interprets that information. No, but I think that's just what people do. I think we go about life being biased because we've had positive or negative experiences with certain things. And that's how we tell our stories and that's how our narratives evolve. And so, like, for example, I've had a majority positive experience of dieting, so I have no reason to, to feel any negativity towards it, so I'm much less likely to be anti-diet per se but if somebody else had had a very different experience to me that had spent years and years doing the things that I spent maybe six months doing and realized were wrong because someone told me then they're they're much more likely to, to take a much more negative view of it and I think if we just start to realize that you know people having different agendas and people having different biases doesn't mean that some people are right and some people are wrong it just means that we're coming at things with a slightly different agenda and that's kind of normal in the world because we've all got different backgrounds and there will be the fact that that person's bias exists is almost enough of a justification for what their story is because they've obviously had this bad experience with that which means that it is possible to have a bad experience with it I've had a good experience with that which means it's possible to have a good experience with it and as long as we tell the whole story rather than just individual people's stories then I think it's much better but I think I think we can over caveat it and I, I often struggle to, to find that balance when I'm writing posts I'm like oh do I need to put a thing in at the end about how I'm not telling you to lose weight I'm just telling you you can if you like that's a great point it's like I'm not saying you have to but if you do or anyone you know does, this is the information that they may find useful. Yeah. yeah. We almost just need it stamped on our forehead, and that's what's frustrating, because if you don't, people misinterpret. You're right, a lot of coaches do say, do have come at it from a different point of view, don't they? They're a bit more forceful. It's almost like, you must do this, you must. Yeah. So I think some people just view all personal trainers and nutritionists as the same as some of those few people. Yeah, yeah. Them, you know, and actually... There's quite a few of us who are a little bit more um, aware of, of our language. Yeah, because I think it's it's quite common for, and again, when people are exposed to the extreme, is the, the do's and do nots. Whereas I think hopefully we're all on the same page in that we, we like to present solutions in this is the information, what you then choose to do with it is entirely up to you. This is purely descriptive. This is non-prescriptive. Whereas th- those extremists are like, you must do this or you must not do that um very much you know and obviously part of that is just like people like to argue as well you know like the uproar there was about intuitive eating like people going oh no that's not appropriate well it's, it's a non-diet intervention but people were attacking it like it was a fat loss intervention yeah like and it that, doesn't that, work that, you think, won't lose weight if you do that yeah exactly. yeah it's it, it just yeah it just it just makes it a, a silly debate after that because people do just unfortunately like to argue that is very very true um Graham, can you tell us a little bit about your book, please, which I have and is excellent. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Um, But if anyone, I'm going to actually just talk about the book from my own experience for a minute, because actually it wasn't, it wasn't quite what I expected. Like I I sort of expected your book to be um, like a collection of your infographics, like a saved version of your, your Instagram. But it is actually, it's much more than that. It is an incredible sort of compendium of all of the principles of fat loss, how to lose weight, 
What's that? Compendium. Anyway, carry I on. No, I like compendium. <laughs> it is an excellent compendium of um, of like all of all of the basic the basic concepts of fat loss. It's the kind of book that I want to give to those like relatives of mine who have asked me questions about you know whether gluten makes you put on weight and things like that it's it's the kind of it's the simple all-encompassing answer to all of this kind of stuff it's got all of the information a lot of it is presented in infographic form which makes it incredibly easy to to read and understand and to look through so if somebody isn't you know if, if somebody is a member of the general public who wants to learn a bit more about fat loss without spending three years following different people on instagram to get all of the information and all of that kind of stuff or going on some form of nutrition course um, it's great but it also has like recipes and stuff as well and tips on how to make recipes that you already have and enjoy slightly healthier versions of themselves without sacrificing on things like flavor which i think is something that's one of the things that when you when you try and lose weight for ages as i did you develop all of these little bits of information that are really useful but there's nowhere for people to find that information now there is. Now there is. <laughs> well, that's probably the greatest plug that the book will ever have. Is you should have this on recording and just put it out all day every day. <laughs> well, it is on record. Yeah, exactly. Record, so I could. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It, it's hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag my ad. I think um, that I think a lot of people maybe think that about the book, and there is some stuff in there that is on my Instagram feed and that was my idea at the start to just put a selection of those in the book but then the publishers were very quickly like well hang on a minute no it has to be different from your Instagram otherwise people aren't going to get it so it has to have some sort of um, not necessarily story but a flow to it so like a journey from the start to the end so somebody can feel kind of informed Um, so yeah but it's very very simple stuff and I've had a lot of other messages from people saying I bought this and I'm going to buy another couple of copies for my auntie or like niece or something like that. That's a dream. Yeah. Yeah, They must be hearing those messages as well. Like, you know, will I I gain fat if I eat this sliced Mm. bread? Or if I put butter in my coffee, will I get shredded within two weeks? (laughs) Um, And it's basically just like that. And the the recipes part of it was actually something I didn't intend on going in there because... I'm not actually that good a cook. Okay, this is not an ad anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cut it off before that bit. (laughs) But the publishers were like, well, there needs to be some more value in there. So you've done these in the past. And okay, I can can rustle up a nice stir fry or something. (laughs) But they're really basic. And what we did with the recipes was I'd done this about a year before. Some of the nation's kind of most popular dishes like... um, British ones, obviously, like shepherd's pie, fish and chips, and chili con carne, spaghetti bolognese, and just making lower calorie versions, but the same volume of food. So the recipe's there, and it's just a practical... Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, again, that's like real practical stuff people will benefit from. That's that's excellent. It's, it's, um, It's not a book that's exceptionally difficult to understand, you know, in terms of having to read through it. Each page is pretty much something different, but explained in a really simple way with, with graphics. So it's, to be honest, I haven't read through it yet. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> when we put it together, it took so long to, because some new graphics had to be made and 
had to swap bits out and change bits here and there. It was really quite exhausting. You'd think it would be the easiest thing to put together, wouldn't you? Just images after each other with a little caveat. But actually, it was ridiculously difficult. And the, the editor was actually saying, this is the hardest book, perhaps, we've put oh, really? together. Because, of course, if it's just a, a narrative, as long as you get the, the sequence of that correct, it's okay. But there couldn't be any repetition in this. So it had to be kind of everything slightly different and make sure that it didn't get sued by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can't make any promises after they listen to this, by the way. No, no. <laughs> can, can I, whilst I have the opportunity, because I love them and I, I imagine they are exactly as they are, Phil and Holly, are they as lovely as they appear? So that was a sur- quite a surreal experience. Can you tell us about that? They were really uh, nice behind the scenes. So I had to go up there and... Um, yeah, it's weird watching it. It's like being someone's living room. It's We're like... talking about this morning, by the way, listeners, in case... Yeah, sorry, I should have sure. explained that. Yeah, for the international audience. <laughs> I think um, it was just weird. I had to do these cutaways at the start because, you know, on, on this morning it says, and at 10.55, the fitness chef will be... <laughs> so the first one is of me. The guy just said, just look at the camera for two seconds and smile. So I was like, all right. So I, I sat there, looked at the camera, the creepy expression <laughs> and it went on for like eight seconds eight. <laughs> and when I went back it, it was just like and then they had the other guests on it was like and at 10 30 it's such and such doing doing this and they were like reading papers making funny gestures laughing like natural stuff and there was me just sort of staring at the camera <laughs> no they were really they're 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 quite nice they weren't um yeah, nothing bad to say about them at all. It was just like having a conversation with someone normal. I was, I was chatting to Holly Willoughby for like two minutes before we started the thing, and it was, she actually probably calmed me down a little bit. We were just chatting, and I can't remember what we were chatting about, to be honest. But then she took the infamous bite of the Kit Kat, and all hell broke loose. She started laughing uncontrollably. I, I, have, I have seen the clip, but yeah, is, is there more to it than just that? For the people that haven't seen the clip, <laughs> I burst out laughing, but you couldn't see that because it was the camera was on her. But it went on for like 10, 15 seconds, and then I thought, they're not actually going to stop laughing here. I better do something. <laughs> so I picked up a Big Mac and said, Would you like a Big Mac just to stop laughing? <laughs> I kind of got back to it. But um, they were actually apologizing for a laugh, like what they did and stuff. But at the time, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, they look like they just have fun. They're though. quite well known for that, aren't they? But I was surprised because on your when you you posted about it, a couple of people were commenting saying, oh, "I thought it was really unprofessional of of them to, you know, and you didn't get your time in the in in the show because they were busy laughing." But I was I was like, "Oh, but it was funny." Well, exactly. Strangely enough, the thing about it is, loads of people were apparently tweeting, and the comments got disabled on the YouTube video for this morning. Because oh, really. I think they do because they win that award every year. Yeah. So they, um, and there have been a few times they've maybe been a bit worse for wear, but they, they, I couldn't smell any alcohol in their breath. I think they were all right. <laughs> Exclusive on Fitness Unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> People were um, tweeting in saying this is a disgrace, this is outrageous, but I don't think it was, it was that bad of anything. A few of the tabloid papers did articles on it that night saying, Holly Willoughby disrespects guests. And I was looking at well, this is actually quite good for me because it's more <laughs> yeah. for the books. More exposure than <laughs> just being on there yeah. for a few minutes. But no, they were really, really nice. That's Which very good to hear. Sounds like it's a bit surprising to say that, but um, yeah, they just seemed 
they must hundreds of guests must go in their show and they must just be used to mm. yeah right well i think this is an appropriate moment to wrap things up um graham a massive thank you for coming and speaking to us about this it's been a really really interesting chat thank you as always for your wealth and breadth of awesome content that you provide instagram for free and your book which you now provide not for free but for very good value um so thanks very much for that we really appreciate you coming on the podcast um tell us where people can find you if they would like to find out more as if they've heard of you for the first time on fitness unfiltered uh so the the instagram is probably the the most popular place which is just the fitness chef with an underscore at the end because someone already took that name when i signed up to it uh, yeah, other socials, so Facebook and Twitter are The Fitness Chef as well. And the website is fitnesschef.uk. So that's awesome. that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much again. Thank you so thanks much for, for your time. And thanks, listeners, for listening and downloading and sharing and reviewing and all of that kind of stuff. We've had a few, a few new reviews recently, so thank you very much for that. Um, and please continue to do so and tell your friends and tag us in your Insta stories. So... From all of us, it is a goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We need to take a picture. <laughs>